What is up? What is up? What is up? Everyone, everyone, everyone. It is another day, another time, and another week for Wheel Talk Monday on a Tuesday. You all, we are excited. We have a great show planned for you all tonight. I have a great panel of guests on with me on tonight. One, you probably already know. You you know all three if you watch uh, the Godly View Soul Sisters. You know all three that we have on here tonight. And um, not only is one of them a guest on tonight, but she's filling in as co-host as well on tonight. So she's doing double duty. And we are so excited to have her. So you all, y'all know how we start off World Talk Monday. Before we get started too far, we're going to jump in here. We're going to play a little bit of the theme song. And then we're going to go right into the prayer. And then we're going to introduce this topic that we have for you all tonight. Let's go. What is up? What is up? What is up, y'all? It is another day, another time, and another week. For Will Talk Monday. What is up? What is up? What is up? What is up? What's up with you? What is up? What is up? What is up? It's only up from here. What is up? What is up? What is up? Let's go. What is up? What is up? What is up? Real talk. Real talk. Right, you all. Let us go into prayer, and then we will introduce our guests as well as our panelists on tonight. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you once again. We thank you for another day, another time, and another week to give your name the praise, honor, and the glory. We'd ask you to bless this show. We'd ask you to bless the topic that we are discussing on the night. Let your name get the glory, your name get the honor, and your name get the praise. For it's not about us, but it is all about you. For you said in your word that if you be lifted up, that you will do all the drawing. So let us lift up your name and let us get self out of the way so that your name gets the glory, honor, and the praise. These men blessings and yes, in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you all, you all, you all. Oh, and our nephew done made an appearance on tonight. So, yes, all right, all right, all right. We're going to start it up at the top, and I'm going to let uh, the lovely couple at the top introduce themselves, and then we'll go down to my brother and let him introduce himself. So, let's go. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Persephone Sonia, a.k.a. Pastor Greer. I'm a gospel songwriter and producer. I'm also a graphic designer, video editor, all, all the things, all the things. But the two most important jobs that I have on this earth are wife to be Clifford William Greer II and mother to Alonzo Eugene Greer, a.k.a. Gene on the scene. It is a joy and an honor to uh, be guest hosting and, and, and guesting on uh, Real Talk Monday. You know, my brother is, you know, he's one. He can call me anytime and be like, hey, I need you. I'll be like, I'm there. So it's a joy to be here. And baby, good evening. I'm Clifford Greer, grocery manager at Publix, full-time husband, full-time father. Um, wonderful to be here tonight. I try to jump on when I can. You know, Seth always talks about the show and I always 
it's always a pleasure to be on here when I can be on. So thankful enough to be off this evening to be a part of everything that's going on here on Real Talk. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. Now let's go down to my brother. Hey, what's going on, good people? My name is A.B. Bracewell. Uh, I want to just thank you first for inviting me on to the show, Real Talk Mondays. Um, what can I say? I'm a therapist, author, father, uh, man of God. I do a little bit of, of it all, and I just, you know, I'm excited to be part of the conversation, so I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you all, you all, you all, we want y'all to interact with us in the comments as well and uh, stay rocking with us because at the end of the show, we do have an announcement that we will be making that because of you all, it is possible. So we want to thank y'all for that. And we'll be announcing that at the end of the show. But uh, tonight we are going to be discussing Pastor Glenn, I'm going to let you tell him what we're discussing tonight. Since he's my co-host, I'm going to let you go on in. Yeah, well, tonight, you know, because, you know, everybody is trying to get to the place where they're in a godly relationship with everybody that watches this show. Because you know how we, we do our viewership be popping, you know. Um, we want to get to the place where we're in healthy, God-glorifying relationships. And the subject on this evening is, how long do you date? Before you marry, is there a special formula for that? Is it based on situation by situation? Is is there anywhere in the word where it says specifically how long we're supposed to? So we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to get into the meat and potatoes mm -hmm. of it all. And that's Alonzo. He is tearing his ball up. So. <laughs> You're going to let my nephew be. Let him be great over there. Let him be great. I'm not mad at him. Tear that bottle up, nephew. So, yeah, we're going to talk about how long should you wait before you discuss marriage. So, I'm going to let my guest start it off and then I'll go from there. So, in you all's opinion, uh, the married couple, we'll start with you all and then we'll go down to my brother. Um, how long did you all date before the subject of marriage was even brought up? Well, we met November seventh, this uh, November sixth, two thousand twenty, and uh, we met on Facebook dating. For those of y'all that don't know our story, and um, we didn't talk on Facebook dating very long before we were like, okay, we exchanged numbers. Um, but I'm gonna let my husband tell y'all what he told me when we first met. Um, honestly, I brought the hard topics up early because one, I'm in my mid thirties. So I don't have a lot of time, personally, to date. I'm career-minded and looking for a wife. So the first time we met, I walked up to her and I said, I don't mean to be rude. I'm not trying to scare you off, but I don't make a good boyfriend. I'm not boyfriend material. I'm husband material looking for a wife. I'm out here to date with purpose. And that's what really caught her attention. Yes. So we talked about marriage and other hard topics like that immediately. Yeah. Get the hard stuff out of the way first. Then the fun can come afterward exactly. if we think we're compatible and want to pursue something. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a specific list of, of things that is no one thing is more important necessarily than the other, but they can come in any uh, order. Um, so whenever, whenever, you know, um, people always ask us, you know, well, what, what, 
what process did you go through? And it's like, well, it was natural for us because we both had the same intention. We both had the same goal. So it wasn't like we really had to fight through a, a, a list of things that we're supposed to be talking about. See, you okay? <laughs> um, so we talked about, of course, faith in ministry. Uh, we both have served in ministry in different capacities. We talked about our faith, not just church culture, because see, there's a difference between people that go to church and people that are in ministry. So we talked about, you know, denomination differences. We talked about our personal journey with God, what our faith means to us, because it's, it's really hard. And yes, there are people that do marry that have different faith backgrounds, but I would not recommend it. It is something that is such a core part of you. It should guide your all all your life decision making. So why would you not want to be equally yoked? This is why the, the Bible refers to people being equally yoked. It's not necessarily that you can't marry someone that isn't in the same faith as you, but it definitely helps because the decision making is much easier um, when when you have those things going on. So it's is that finances. I, I talked to him about my health, all of those different things. Um, it, it really, it was easier for us because we both had the same goal. Now, if you match up one person that just wants to date with a person that is marriage minded, it's going to be a little, a little difficult. So the first thing you got to decide is what do you want? And you have anything you want to add to no, that summed it up. I mean, because we both wanted the same thing, we were looking to date with purpose. It was easy to talk about marriage early on as opposed to, hey, what do you want to go eat? What movies do you like to watch? <laughs> right. What's your favorite color? You know, right. that's easy stuff. Those who are like-minded and have the same end goal can talk about the harder subjects a lot sooner and be more comfortable doing so and know that this is something worth pursuing and that I want to pursue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. And I've been told by men and women that I ask too many questions. And Cliff is literally the only man that I ever dated that answered every question that I asked him. Because this is somebody that you're sharing your life with. Somebody that you are planning on, you know, building a family with. Someone that you plan on spending the rest of your life with. Why would you not want to ask those deeper questions? But I think a lot of people are scared to ask those questions because they're afraid of what the answers might be. That's good. That's good. That's good. AB, how do you feel about that? How long? When should have, you bring up the conversation of marriage? I think I have some similar thoughts as far as when you bring it up. Because um, I think it's important to learn or to identify if y'all in alignment, if y'all headed in the same direction, if y'all on the same page. Um, so that conversation is important to have early because nobody likes to waste their time. Um, you don't necessarily have to go into, hey, you're the one that I'm going to marry or, you know, vice versa. But just know that, you know, you both are married or married to minded. I think it's, it's important. Uh, but I also think that the conversation should be natural. It should be natural. It shouldn't be a forced conversation. You know, I've been in situations where I felt like um, someone had a, an agenda to get married, but not necessarily wanted to marry me. So they was just looking for someone to put in a spot 
um, to say, hey, I'm, I have a husband. And that feels unnatural and that feels forced. So that's not that's not a good way to go either. That's why it's important that y'all on is going in the same direction, that y'all in, in alignment so that the two people, you know, you know, you're on the, you're on the same page, basically. So um, but it, it is I, I feel just having the conversation to know where each other stands when it comes to marriage um dating with purpose or if i'm just dating casually and not ready for a, a long-term commitment um those type of conversations need to happen early in my opinion um you know it's, it's a part to it's a part of a dating is to get a part of getting to know each other and those are topics and conversations that you can't avoid um when you do avoid them then you know, it's at the end of the day, then someone feels hurt, someone feels misled, someone feels like they was deceived and tricked. But the fact of the matter is, y'all never really had that conversation. Um, you didn't know that y'all was on, you know, y'all was polar opposites on where you, on your commitment level. So I, I think that conversation is, is good to have early, just to know where both of you guys are headed. What's your intentions? Sir, you were all in my past business. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that you mentioned is an issue that I had in the past where because you think, OK, I'm dating somebody or, you know, trying to court with somebody that's in the faith that understands certain parameters that I have, but is still like wanting to play a role, mm -hmm. you know, and, and like you were saying, there were some women that were interested in you or interested in, in marriage, but they just wanted somebody to fill that role. They weren't fully genuine. And I've had that happen as well. And it's, it's, it, you do feel like your time is being wasted. You know, your heart is being played with because when you are going to, into something like this, you're supposed to be in it 100%. You're supposed to be 100% committed to finding out what it is. Even if you aren't ending up with that person, you give it your all to, to make sure that you have seen everything that you need to see. So thank you for bringing up those points. I, I hope, I hope y'all paid attention to what he said, because a lot of y'all have gone through the exact same thing and you're allowing that to make you bitter because your time has been wasted and it makes you almost give up on what it is that you really want. If I had thought as deeply as I used to in the area of the pain that I went through with previous relationships, I would have thought myself right out of my destiny. So be very careful to not allow those negative situations to make you feel like, oh, it's never going to happen. Or I have to just, just play a part in order to, because there are some women out there who feel like, okay, he just wants to be married. He's, he's ready to settle down. Let me just go ahead and just, just so I can be married. Don't settle. It's, it's not worth it to settle. So thank you for bringing up those points. Those are very important points. That is definitely important because that is a lot of the problems that are not only women deal with, men deal with it too. We have that time clock where we're looking at, oh, well, I'm looking at all of my friends. They're getting married. They're having kids. You know what? Okay, bet. Look, she looks good. She seems okay. She don't go to church every Sunday, but at least she goes to church. Um, okay, she don't even pray every night, but you know what? At least she has some kind of prayer life. Like, you know what? I'm gonna settle for her because 
She looks good on my arm. She will be good arm candy for me. We're going to turn some heads. But it isn't about turning heads. It's about tearing down the king. It's about tearing down Satan's kingdom. If, when you're going down, when you're going through your tribulations, is that young lady going to be right there fighting with you? Or is she going to be fighting against you? So that's very important. That's very important. So next question that we have is, who should bring up marriage in the conversation? Who should be the one to bring up marriage? Anybody want to go first? It, it doesn't have to be where women, I think, have been kind of scared off from from talking about, from at least bringing it up. There's nothing wrong with bringing it up. It's how you bring it up. That's that's the issue. Um, you, th there's a, a certain posture that you have when you're bringing that up. You don't bring it up as though it's an ultimatum. You don't bring it up as though you're, because I, I mean, I've had guys tell me, well, you know, if you don't get married soon, you know, your eggs are going to dry up. If you don't get married soon, nobody's going to want you. You don't, you don't try to threaten somebody into being interested in marriage uh, or interested in marriage with you. You know, so it, it I don't think it matters whether the man or the woman brings it up first, as long as there's an agreement that, okay, let's talk about this. You know, there's a difference between somebody talking to you and somebody talking at you. And this is something you definitely don't want somebody talking at you about. How do you feel about it? I mean, honestly, I feel the same way almost mm -hmm. because it, it doesn't really matter who brings it up. Mm -hmm as long as it gets brought up. Um, the thing is, are you too comfortable enough and compatible enough to have a serious talk about it? Yes. Otherwise, like you said, it's just somebody talking to you about it, but you're not having a conversation about it. You're just listening. And maybe it's going in one ear, not the other. But if you two are on the same wavelength as far as I'm looking for a spouse, what does this person offer me and what can I offer them? How would we coexist together? How could we live together? How could we serve together? How could we grow together? If you're on the same wavelength as far as all those go, then who brings it up is pretty much a moot point. Yeah. As long as it gets brought up and in a serious manner. Exactly. Exactly. And just make sure you're talking more about the marriage than the wedding. Yes. People get, <laughs> they get the two confused all the time. <laughs> yes. Marriage and a wedding. Yes. The, the wedding is one day. And the marriage a is a lifetime. So make sure that the conversations always veer more towards what happens after the wedding day. Mm -hmm. Yes, the wedding day is great and wonderful and all these fun things and all these beautiful things happen. But what happens when the guests go home, when the decorations are taken down, when the wedding dress comes off? What are, what are we doing after that? And, and, and that's what made our, our wedding day so much easier to enjoy and to really bask in because we knew we had a life to live afterwards. It wasn't just about the dress and the rings and all of the the stuff that bridezillas talk about. <laughs> Av, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it really matters who bring brings up the topic of marriage. Um, I. I'm definitely against ladies proposing. I don't think that's appropriate, but who brings, oh up, God, the, who brings up the conversation and we're just talking about, you know, 
how do you feel about marriage? Do you, have you ever seen yourself married? Is that a goal in, in life? It doesn't matter who brings it up, but it definitely can tell you a lot about the person that you're with. Um, because if you bring it up you know, and the other person doesn't seem very receptive, they're not very engaged or they're not, uh, you know, they don't seem like they're going in that, that direction. That can tell you a lot about where they're taking that relationship. Um, and at the same time, there's some people that just didn't grow up with a lot of marriages in their family. So the topic of marriage or the thought of marriage is not something that their, their mind is towards because, you know, their parents wasn't married. Aunt's uncle wasn't married. Nobody was really married. They just probably was just a lot of long-term relationships shacking up stuff like that. So um, it's important to bring it up in situations like that just to see where a person stands. But as far as the man bring it up or the woman brings it up, I don't think it matters. And some conversations just should happen almost naturally when you had a certain level of maturity in a certain stage in life. Like these conversations just happens as you're talking, as you're getting to know each other. Um, it's not you bringing, me, bringing it up to hit me with an ultimatum or anything like that. It's just, we're just having regular conversations so I can know what your opinions and thoughts and feelings about marriages. And um, I don't think there's a gender on, on that. Definitely. So oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'm so glad you brought up the the point, AB, about women proposing. <laughs> ladies, ladies, please, ladies, listen to me. Listen, let's not do that. Let's not do that. It's one thing to initiate a conversation, but when you are putting yourself in a position where you are you are asking the man to marry you, it's like it's just something, and it's, and it's beyond, let's, let's just not even talk about gender norms. Let's not even talk about, you know, what is, you know, the thing to do. If you have to, ladies, if you ever have to ask a man how he feels about you, that should be a sign. You should never have to question how a man feels about you. Now, yes, there are times where a man is less expressive in certain ways, and you know the guy that you're with. You can kind of gauge, okay, this is how he is. But one thing about Cliff in, in our courtship, I never had to ask him, what are we doing? I never had to ask him, where is this going? I never had to ask him, when are you going to meet my parents? When am I going to meet your parents? When are we going to do this? When are we going to do that? It, it, it flowed because of who he is. So if you're in a position, ladies, where you feel like you have to propose, that's not the relationship that you need to be in. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say that. I agree. I agree. But I got a question, kind of a flip of that question. So let's say that the man has proposed and the woman said she isn't ready yet, but she still wanted to stay in the relationship at that moment when a woman feels like she is ready do you all feel like it would be appropriate for her to propose then since the man has already done it and the woman has said i'm not ready yet how's y'all feelings what's y'all feelings on that because i've seen that a couple of times where the woman has said 
he proposed to me first. However, I just wasn't in a position where I was ready yet. And when I was ready, I just, instead of him having to come to me because he has already done that, mm -hmm. I went to him. Yeah. That's why in situations like that and with this topic, when you're saying like how long a person should wait, I really think a person's actions and their plan is more important than the time. So if I propose to a young lady and she say I'm not ready yet, you can't just leave it like that. Like you, you, you got to tell me why you're not ready and what yeah. it's going to take for you to be ready. And then, you know, and then I'll, I'll walk with you as you get ready, as you prepare, maybe, maybe you feel that you need to heal from, from some stuff. I don't know. Some people feel they need to get some financial stuff in order, but there needs to be a plan and you, there needs to be some open communication of why you're not ready. And I, and we both need to see the progress towards your readiness. So when I think that when I feel like you're ready, I can propose or we'll have the conversation again. Um, and if I, and you know, I would have no problem proposing again, but let's have the conversation, the conversation, or I'm, I'm, I'm watching you and I, I'm, and I, and we're walking together. I see what you're doing. You're getting close to the point where you say that you want to be in order to get married. And I think that goes for a, a man too. Like, like you have to have a plan. You have to have, you know, some type of communication there. Like you can say, Hey, I'm not ready. And just leave it at that and, and leave a person hanging on. Okay. When, when is this magical time of readiness? Uh, now we need to see a plan and we need to start executing towards that plan. And at, I know when we hit this goal and we, this is the time when, when you're going to be ready. So let's do it now. Sir, you want it. You want it. <laughs> that is definitely a conversation. You can't just be like, well, no, I'm not ready to get married. Let's go to Chipotle. It's like, no, we need to sit down and, and really, if you want to marry me, just not right now. What is it going to take for us to get to that point? And about how long do you think that's going to take? So, yes, definitely um, a plan is, is in place. And like you said, there's really no reason for her to propose necessarily, but just to accept the proposal that was already mm -hmm. given. So, yeah. Like, me, honestly, I feel like if you've had a talk about marriage already, and we both agree in the concept of marriage. We want to be together. We've had this deep discussion about it. And I've gone to propose to you and you told me no. Honestly, to me, me personally, I'm gonna feel like you lied to me somewhere then. Mm. You told me what I wanted to hear, not what I needed to hear. It didn't come from your heart. So honestly, if I propose to you after we've had these deep conversations and you tell me, no, I'm not ready yet, then obviously we weren't compatible or equally yoked on the same wavelength when it came to marriage in the first place. Mm -hmm. So like you both said, what do we need to talk about now? What else needs to be said? What needs to be laid out on the table? What needs to be brought out into the open? Because if you didn't keep it real with me in the first place, maybe we need to take a break and reevaluate some things. Mm -hmm. I, that, that's just that's me personally. That's how I would feel. Maybe yeah. we need to, something needs to be reevaluated here, exactly. because I'm not going to propose to you just out of the out of the blue on a whim. Obviously, you know it's coming. I know it's coming. Family and friends know it's coming. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get my feelings hurt and get embarrassed 
by you shutting me down. Mm. So we something would have to be reevaluated as far as the relationship goes in that instance. Yeah. Or maybe it's something you saw that I did. Maybe it's something I changed. Maybe it's not something that you weren't ready for. Maybe it's something that you saw different in me. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's something you think you heard or think you know about me that you didn't really know. But yeah, that deep conversation need to be had. And that may lead to a proposal down the road again. It may lead to, okay, well, it's been nice knowing you. Maybe we need to go our separate ways because maybe we really aren't right for each other. Because it's much better to tell me no right now at the proposal yeah. than get to the altar and tell me, oh, I wasn't ready for this. Jesus. Or five years into the relationship, talking about I want half your stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, no, that ain't going to work. That, that's just me. Come on, boy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very true. Very true. That, that's on point. That is 1,000% on point. I agree with both of my brothers and my sister. That's a conversation that we're going to have to sit back and have again because, like my brother said, yo, obviously somewhere in the world, you lied to me in the beginning, somewhere in there. Because like you said, I'm not just going to do it out of the whim. Like, I'm going to pay attention to you. I'm going to pay attention to what you're saying, what you're doing. Obviously, something that you said or something that you did made me feel like you was my wife to be. And if you've lied to me in the first place, I'm going to have to reconsider, wait a minute, is this even my wife to be? Because let's be real, if you've lied to me once, what else are you lying to me about? Is that your real hair? Is that your real nails? Is that your real name? Like, come on. <laughs> come on. You can't lie about the big stuff and then expect me to believe you on the little stuff, too. Yeah, come on. So, so let's look at some of these questions. Um, it is, uh, I like this one where it said, uh, go back to it. Um, someone asked, should this be a conversation that we have on the first date as far as are you ready for marriage? Tiffany, or, um, what is your expectations? Tiffany asked, what is your expectations? Like, should we have that conversation in the beginning on your first date? Amy, would you like to answer that one first? <laughs> um, that's a tricky one, and I think that's that's a, that's a sticky one. Like I think kind of what was said before is always about how you have the conversation. It's always about about how you is always what they say is not um what you say is how you say it. So you can have a general conversation about marriage. And if the two if you're dating or you're out with a person that's mature at a certain level in life, the conversation is not going to bother them at all because it's something that they've been contemplating or 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 thinking about, or even just kind of this, it's a conversation that they're used to. So it's all about how you say it. Like, don't on a first date, I would never suggest that you, you know, um, you know, be forceful with it or you, you know, are you ready to marry now or something like being, being real aggressive with it. But just the conversation about marriage, like it's a, it's a simple conversation that we can, that we can have where you can, we can share our thoughts and our feelings, our experiences, you know our family history about about marriage is a part about it's a part of getting to know each other in my opinion and if someone is scared off 
just because you're having a conversation about marriage, that shows you that person is isn't marriage minded at all. So, um, so in those situations, it probably was best that you brought it up on the first date. Uh, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think that there's no special time where you bring up conversations. Like, like, it's important to be as transparent as possible, um, as early as possible. Of course, you know, you don't want to reveal some of the deepest, darkest stuff to somebody you don't know. But a, a conversation just to uh, explore someone's thoughts and feelings on a topic, I don't think it's ever too early to do something like that. And there's always ways around questions like that. There's ways to answer it without getting too deep into it. You know, it can be brought up on a first date, but in a lighthearted manner, like you... First and foremost, yeah. do you believe in marriage? Oh, yeah, you know, I believe in the concept of marriage. Yeah. Am I ready for it? You know, I believe I am, but that's a conversation we can have later on. You can not, no, good Lord, Alonzo, not just ignore it, <laughs> but you can redirect it in a more lighthearted manner and keep yeah. the keep it more casual yeah. and easygoing. You know, if, and if you feel like it's too deep of a conversation, you just need to be real and say, you know what? Um, I'd love to talk about marriage, but I just, I'm not ready to talk about that right now. I first need to get to know who you are and what you're about. Then let's talk about marriage later on. Some people are ready for it and others aren't. Like you said, it's all about who you are, what you're looking for. And then of course the context of how it's brought up. There's like, I have a bunch of card games that Seven and I have yet to use. Yeah. Like the guard game icebreakers and yeah. cards for all people. There's ways some of these conversations are brought up just playing games. Yes. I love those you, conversation you know, games. Absolutely. Whether you're at whether you're together by yourselves or you're having this conversation with family and friends and everybody's kind of chiming in. Yeah. And you're having that conversation, but in a more neutral setting. Exactly. In a more cozy and friendly environment. Not just, hey, how do you feel about marriage? How do you know right now? <laughs> No, you, you gotta bring it up the right way. I have to admit that was kind of sexy though, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm already like oh, in the days. But yes, I totally agree with, with what Cliff said, and and also there's a way to ask that question um, without it sounding aggressive. Usually, what the question, the way that I would ask the question was, I would say, "What are your thoughts on marriage? How do you feel about?" marriage in general and from that question from the answer of that question that would gauge whether or not i brought it up any further because there are some people that will just outright say i don't really have to get married i just want to do what i do and be in a relationship and do all the things and not you know the marriage is a piece of paper kind of people that's usually how you weed out those types of people you ask them what do you feel how do you feel about the concept of marriage not marrying me but how do you feel about marriage in general so yeah it's, it's balance you got to have balance to it i think oh, on first dates you're trying to get to know each other you're really trying to build a friendship you know if, if anything so you know i don't think a conversation like that is off limits. If I, if you're trying to get to know me, I'm trying to get to know you. And, and, and like it was said, like, you're not, you're not asking me to propose to you on the first date, you know, and I, and I'm not giving you an ultimatum on the first date. 
we're just exploring each other's feelings and thoughts about this topic. Just like we're going to explore each other's thoughts about several topics, uh, current events, things like this is just another topic you could talk about uh, on a first date. Now, you know, as time goes on, you might want to become more intentional with the conversation. But uh, on a first date, I don't I don't I don't think there's a problem with that. All right. all right. She said, thank you all for your answers on that. So next question that we're going to ask on tonight is, how long should you date before you talk about money or finances? How long should you date before you talk about that? Because let's be honest, that is one of the things that really tears up a lot of homes is because of finances so, how long should you date before you have that conversation? I think it's. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go, go ahead. I think even before you talk about finances, I think it's important for a person to be secure in their uh, position. Because once you're secure in your position, then you can talk about it. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how little money you have. You know, I'm, this is this is what I have right now. This is what my credit score is. This is what I what I'm what I make. The only reason some people don't talk about finances is because there's some level of insecurity of where you are financially. So I mean, so you first have to be secure of where of where you are um, before you can even reveal your finances to some somebody else. But like, but with anything else, I don't think there's a specific time. I think certain things, cer- certain circumstances brings up certain conversations. Um, some conversations are bring, brought up in- intentionally, but it depends on the level of the relationship. Um, on a first date, you don't need to know my credit score and how much I, I make, but we can talk about finances and what's your views on investing and things just to see what my, what my mind frame is. And then as we move along, we can get more personal with the conversation. But um, if a person isn't secure in their own finances, that conversation probably would never come up. And when it does come up, it can turn into a into an argument. You know, people could be very secretive about the, the money that they make or what they have or what they don't have. Um, so it's, it's important just to, you know, accept who you are financially. And then, you know, hopefully if the person likes you, the way they say they like you, y'all can have that open conversation. And let's be real. People sneak talk about money on the first date regardless. <laughs> it's all in the way we ask. Yeah. When we ask, you know, what do you do for a living? What do you do for work? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not asking you because I'm that interested in what you do for <laughs> work. Come I'm on. Asking you because I need to know, do you have a job? Right. And, you know, not so much am I paying for this date, but am I going to be paying a lifetime? Mm-hmm. And then am I okay with that? Exactly. You know, later on, I'll ask, you know, so what do you do? Okay, so why do you do that? Mm-hmm. When you start asking questions like that, that means I'm more interested in what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. But when people, you know, asking the questions of what do you do for work and yada, yada, I'm already asking you about money. But like you said, it's the intention behind it, though. Yeah. And it's on the way it's brought up. You know, if Persephone would have straight up asked me, how much money do you make? I'd probably look at her and none of your business. Right. Right. But, yeah. and you know, like you said, being secure in it, I tell people what I make all the time. I don't mind sharing. 
because I believe it's something that we don't talk about enough yeah. in the black community and in black households. We keep everything so much of a secret, secret. Yeah. that we don't know how to talk about this kind of stuff and when to talk about it. So I put it out there in the open for anybody who wants to know. Right. Because I don't want people to have to go through some of the same struggles that I went through or some of the other struggles that I've seen other people go through. You know, so opening up those doors, talking about money, let's go ahead and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about finances. Now, am I gonna reveal my credit score and my history to you on the first date? No. Because I wouldn't even know right then and there without looking at it. I will tell you enough that, yes, I have a job. Yes, I can pay my bills. Um, and if we are together, yes, we'd be all right financially. We'd be able to stay ahead of things or at least above water. Mm-hmm. Now, for those that don't want to necessarily talk about money, like you said, they're not secure enough in what they do or what they have to offer to yes. talk about it. And that could be what we talked about a little while ago, one of the red flags. Yeah. Could be. Not necessarily is, but could be. But it's something that needs to be brought up sooner than later. Otherwise, it will lead to a big argument later on down the road. That is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. And, and in our situation, um, I was still dealing with the financial ramifications of a divorce. So I really had to be secure in knowing that I had more to offer than material things. Because I was in a place where I didn't think that I would be when I got remarried, I thought I would be in a way better <laughs> situation financially. Um, but I had to be secure in knowing that A, I'm doing the best I can with what I have, and B, I'm not going to allow what I have or don't have to define what else I'm able to offer in the marriage. Because there are people that bring a lot of material stuff. There's nothing emotional. There's nothing spiritual. There's nothing relational. It's all about who has me. And I think AB was the one that brought up about how relationships are often transactional. And people are constantly thinking about what can I get from you? What can I get from you? Um, so, you know, it, it was definitely important for me to be comfortable enough in myself where I was to be like, this is the reality. I did because when I when I met Cliff, I was divorced for about three years at that point. And you know, like I said, I was expecting things to be better. I wanted to be in a better position. I wanted to have more. I wanted to go into a marriage with more than what I left out of my previous marriage with. And that was a hard thing for me to deal with emotionally. But I had to be honest. I couldn't hide, you know, certain things about my my financial situation because when Cliff first started coming to visit me at my apartment, you know, he could see, you know, what I had and he could see what I didn't have. Because like he would go in the refrigerator, get a drink of water, mm-hmm. and the refrigerator would be like eight percent empty. It'd be just that water. <laughs> He'd be like, no, we're going to the store right now, get some groceries. But it was never a thing of him feeling like he had to rescue me or me, you know, presenting myself as someone that needed to be rescued, it was just the reality. So, you know, it's important to not hide um, the general situation that you're in because you're giving that, op- you're, you're taking away the opportunity of that person to accept you for who you are. And because she didn't try to hide it, that made me more accepting to it and receptive of it. Mm-hmm. Had she tried to hide the fact that Yes, I'm living on Section 8. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I don't have a job. I just do these odd jobs here and there for a little bit of money. I get by, but 
I'm living on the government right now. If she had tried to hide that, yeah. and later on I found out, you know, after we were married, it's like, all right, hey, this bill's due. You go ahead and take care of this one. I'm taking care of that one. And she had looked at me and said, well, I can't. Right. Like, I'd have been looking at her like, no, oh, no. What are you doing? What are you doing? We can't. No. Right. I thought, you, I thought you had money. I thought you had a job. You know, what happened to this and that? Yeah, we never talked about it. I couldn't fully blame her, but the fact that she didn't try to hide it made me realize, okay, you know what? I know I'm getting into. I still want to pursue. Right. But for a lot of people, that might be their sign to say, okay, well, I'm not ready for this yet. Right. I carry that kind of a burden. Right. You know, that's not fair to put on to somebody else, anyways. Yes. So you can't just assume that I'm going to get into a relationship to be saved. Exactly. That wouldn't be fair to the other person, whether it be the man or the woman. Because there's a lot of high-powered women who have a lot more to bring to the table financially than men do. Exactly. And you can't just assume that, oh, you make six figures, you make six, seven figures. It don't matter what I make, you got it. Right. No, I got mine. What's yours? Right. What do you, what do you offer? Exactly. And you also can't be mad at somebody for not wanting to take that on. You can, yeah. A lot of, yeah. Yeah, a lot to say. <laughs> yes. Yes, he understands. You know what's going on? Yeah. So you definitely have to be honest with yourself. Like A.B. said, you have to accept where you are. And you also have to accept the fact that everybody's not going to want to take that on. There are people that make $100,000 a year that wouldn't date somebody that makes half that. And fifty thousand dollars a year, you, you know, you're not necessarily in the poorhouse. You're not, you know, balling out of control. But you know, depending on where you live, that's a comfortable thing for one person to, to make. But there are people that are saying, "I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm not dating below, you know, what I make." And you can't be mad at somebody for feeling that way. Mm-hmm. That is their preference. That is their comfort level. And you know, that that's the whole thing of accepting what your preference. Are, and finances is a, is a big deal. And I'm not going to lie, I used to be that way. Mm-hmm. I, I told Persephone that was my thinking when I was younger, that mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing, my wife needs to be able to match it right. and keep up with me or vice versa, I keep up with her. But that was me making my male order bride, not my God yeah. order bride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the- that- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We're going to park right there real quick. We're going to park right there real quick. <laughs> You said a male order bard and not a god order bard. Yeah. Break that down real quick, bro. Break that down real quick for my for our followers. Break that down. Just real quick to keep it real talk and keep it blunt. Your male order bard is your fantasy. That's what you want for you personally. That's your arm candy. That that's your Rihanna. That's your Beyonce. Your God order bride is who is ordained for you, who is destined for you, who's going to be there praying for you and yes. praying with you, yes. who's going to be there to lift you up when you're down, who's going to help pick you up when you're down, who are you going to pick up when they're down, who are you going to grow with, who are you destined to grow with, who does yes. God have for you? That part. You know, so your your mail order bride, yeah, she lives in the magazine, she lives on TV, but your God order bride is something even so much more special for you because you're going to connect on that spiritual level. You're going to connect on the physical, the mental, the finance. You're going to just connect on every little thing. Yes. You won't always agree on everything, but you'll find ways to agree to disagree yes. rather than having to always argue, fuss, and fight. Yes. And your God-ordered bride will be that one for you, mm-hmm. not the second or the third. You're not, this isn't 
baseball, three strikes and you're out. Your God or your bride is going to be that first home run. Yes. You know, maybe you thought you had it right and you were married for 20 years, but you couldn't stay together. Well, obviously that won't work for you then. That was you trying to hold on to something that wasn't for you. Because what God has for you, no man can tear asunder anyways. Come on. Yeah, I just had to let you break that down real fast. <laughs> fam, because you just dropped a whole ball on that one. I had to. We had to break that down real quick. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. As, as she speaks, I'm thinking Um, it even speaks to, diff, to a deeper theme if you're um, hiding things like finances. Like this, some characteristics that a relationship needs to, to strive. So if you're hiding your finances or you're being very secretive about it, then I have to question how are you ready to trust or mm. are you ready to be vulnerable? You know, cause a relationship needs that you got to be vulnerable. You have to be trusting in a relationship or, or it's going to die. Are you ready to be really open? Are you ready to be transparent? Like if you're, if you're hiding or you're not ready to uh, talk about certain topics or topics like finances, I would only guess that you're hiding a lot of other things as well, or you're just not vulnerable in trusting in other areas of your life. And, and that's going to affect the relationship. So yeah, you, you have to be vulnerable, open, transparent, and, and ready to share and trust each other. Uh, with your, if you, if you're talking about marriage. Absolutely. Honesty is a huge, Oh, go ahead. Man. No, no, you're right. Go ahead. Honesty is, is a, is the number one thing for me. Um, when you're going into a situation, and, and again, marriage, this is somebody you're sharing your body, your life, child rearing, your goals, your dreams, your destiny. This is your destiny partner. This isn't just someone that you sleep with. This isn't just someone that you split bills with. This isn't just someone that you go on vacations with, that you live with. This is someone that every decision you make in your life has to include this person. So if one person or the other isn't being honest, that affects the level of decision-making. That affects how decisions are made. And you you really have to make sure that you're honest with yourself first. Because number one, you can't hide anything from God. You can lie to yourself. You can lie to your reflection. You can lie to other people. But you cannot lie to God. God knows everything about you. So, you know, being honest with yourself will make it more easy for you to be honest with, with other people, especially someone that you want to share a life with. What you got to say? <laughs> Look, y'all, we are, this conversation is getting good and we just getting started, you all. We just getting started. Um, next question that we have is a two-part question. We're going to ask question number three and number four together. What can you, when can you tell that the person that you are with is the one and how important is family when you decide to get married? Whoever wants to go first. I'll let the married couple, I'll let the married couple take that one. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Baby, okay. Well, when it comes to when you tell that person is the one, this is probably the number one question that we get asked when it, when it comes to 
people hearing our story, because like I said before, I know our 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 love story is, is dope. You know, is my favorite love story. But I I always reiterate to people that our story is our story, and that yes, there's testimony in it, and yes, you know, we want people to be inspired by you know what God has done for us. But everybody's story is different. And the Lord broke this thing down to me earlier. And when he told me, I was like, oh, my God. So this is like the, the formula, I guess. Um, I was just learning my business. And God was like, CIA. And I was like, the Central Intelligence Agency? <laughs> is this what we're talking about? And he was like, look up the definition of the CIA. CIA is the first line of defense for the United States. This is from their website, CIA.gov. We collect and analyze intelligence to further national security and prevent threats. So basically, the national security is the national security of your heart, the national mm. security of peace, the national security of your destiny. And when it comes to CIA, it's the character, the intentions, and the actions. So when, when AB was talking about the, the uh, intentions and the actions, I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, God, okay, okay, you, you, okay, we, we in the flow, we in the flow. So, the CIA character because the character dictates the person's intentions. Their intentions dictate their actions. And then I said, well, God, okay, well, how come you gave me CIA and not FBI? He's like, oh, I got you, FBI, the <laughs> the forbidden, the blasphemous, and the ignorant. So if you don't take care of the CIA, you're going to be dealing with the FBI. <laughs> so that's how that's and, and when I look at Cliff and I in our courtship and our story, that is how things flow. We analyze each other's character because we were both caring about and concerned about the, the security of our hearts and our, our destiny. We paid attention to each other's intentions. We talked about our intentions when it came to marriage, when it came to child rearing, because if either one of us had said we didn't want children, that would have been that would have been done deal. That's that's not going down because that's one of those deal breakers. You have to be honest about what your deal breakers are. Um, premarital sex, that was a, absolutely not. Um, children was something that we both wanted to pursue being parents. And the fact that with Cliff's career path, it's going to require us to move quite frequently over the next, what, 10, 15 years? Mm -hmm. So he asked me, how do you feel about that? And that was something that, you know, I told him, I was like, listen, wherever my husband goes, that's where I go. Wherever the Lord takes us, that's where we go. Now, if I had said, oh, I'm a Florida girl, and I'm not leaving my mama, and I'm not leaving my grandmother, and, you know, that, that would have been a problem. And with me being a, an ordained pastor, there are some denominations, there are some people that don't believe that women should be pastors. So that was something I was already in the process of getting ready to be ordained. And I was actually ordained 19 days, yeah, 19 days before we got married. So we both had our deal breakers and we both had our things that we were analyzing about each other. But um, the character, people don't pay attention to enough to the character. The, the most expensive thing that people have to pay in in courtship in analyzing a, a person as a, as a partner the most important thing they have to pay is attention mm. and some people don't want to pay that paying attention is too expensive for some people because the more you look and the more you analyze it's like using a microscope 
The thing looks fine on the outside. But once you put that microscope on it, you start to see things that you don't like. And people are so afraid of seeing something they don't like that they don't want to look. The most expensive thing you can pay is attention. You got to pay that. And, and that will let you know whether a person is really um, compatible. For, for me, it was more so it might that three and four they tied hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew more so after I brought her to meet my family, and my dad pulled me to the side and said, You know what, son? If you two go and get hitched, I won't even be mad at you. Mm-hmm. Just from that, that was the first time you met, right? Mm-hmm. Just from the one meeting in the conference and talking with my mom and dad that one evening, they knew right away that, Oh, yeah, she's the one for him. And I had already thought that, but they confirmed that for me. You know, God had already shown me signs, but I just wasn't really looking. I kept looking for something a little more concrete. I don't like stuff being told to me in parables and, you know, in signs. I need yes. something that smack me dab in the face. Direct. You know, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like Moses. You need to talk to me in the burning bush. Yeah. <laughs> don't give me a sign. I need to hear from you. So hearing it from my parents just confirmed what I already felt and knew in my heart regardless. Yeah. And as far as, you know, how important it is the family, um, it was quite important for me that my family accepted her, but that would have been a complete deal breaker even if they didn't. Mm-hmm. Now, if they didn't like her, I would have, you know, kind of investigated a little bit and delved into, well, what's the issue? Right. Is it because your son's getting married? Is it something that you saw in here? Is it something about her past that you don't like? What's the what's the bigger issue here? Right. Because obviously, if I like her and I brought her here to you, I brought you here as a potential wife mate for myself, a, a spouse, a life partner. Yeah. So I didn't just bring anybody to you to meet. Mm-hmm. And as far as her family goes, my confidence level is that they were going to like me regardless. And if they didn't, that was our own pre- personal prejudice. Facts. But I wasn't going to give them a reason not to like me. Right. Because I knew there was nothing I could have done to them that would have caused them any sort of disdain or dislike or discontent towards me or for me. Right. Right. Because on, on, on my side, um, my, my grandmother, my Nana, um, she instantly, she fell in love with Cliff, you know, immediately uh, when we, we went Christmas Day to go see um, my side of the family, go see certain people, certain key people. And, you know, I knew my mother was going to feel some type of way. Um, because I remember the day that I met Cliff in person, we, we met November 6, 2020. We met for the first time in person, December 10th. And my mother and I had a knockdown drag out argument because I met Cliff at the mall. He didn't come to my house. He, we didn't go meet somewhere sneaking away at night. We met in broad daylight at the mall. And my mother and I had probably one of the worst arguments we ever had because there's that whole thing of, you know, sometimes the dynamic is I don't want my baby to leave me, you know, but I had already kind of left geographically, but she was concerned about the emotional part of it. And I knew that there was something special about this man. I knew that he was someone that I wanted to get to know. And I knew he was someone that I wanted in my life. So I had to go against, you know, my mother 
And I was willing to do that in a respectful way, of course, but I was willing to do that because I knew that Cliff was the one for me. Now he, she, she was able to, she came around two years, years two years and a baby later, <laughs> two years marriage and a baby later, she finally, you know, came around and accepted the fact that you have a son-in-law, you know, but, um, I definitely would not have allowed just her opinion on its own to dictate whether or not I continued a relationship with Cliff. Everybody else was in love with Cliff. Everybody else saw what I saw in him. So that that made me feel good right there. But for those people that are dealing with that friction, don't see it as a total write-off if your parent because you have to consider the dynamic between you and your parents mm -hmm. cliff has a far healthier relationship with his parents than i have with my mother and then i don't know my biological father so that's why i don't mention him um so you, you definitely have to analyze okay is this person saying this because they see something in this person that they don't like for me or is it just that they want to be combative so you, you have to add all the all the math you have to do all the math I, I often get in trouble when I answer questions like this because my my answer is not as romanticized as some people might like. Like I believe that there needs to be chemistry, there needs to be compatib compatibility, there needs to be romance and love and emotions and all those beautiful things that are that are signs that a person is the one. But I honestly believe the most important thing is the choice. Like I believe two people have to just choose to keep choosing each other um, every single day because throughout the ups and downs, like the vow say the rich and poor, uh, when I don't like you, when I do like you, when you're looking ugly, when you're looking beautiful, I think I have to choose that you're the one that I'm going to stick it out with and commit to the rest of my life. And I think that's what makes you the one. Yes, all, all the other beautiful romantic things are needed, but I think we've all been in love. We've all had chemistry with someone. We've all had compatibility, but we didn't choose each other at the end of the day to do life with them. Um, and those people were not the one, no matter all those other things that existed. So I think the most important part, and it's not romantic, you won't probably find this in the novels, um, you know, but it's... A, I think is a logical choice. Like, listen, me and you are going to be together where I'm going to commit my life to you. And um, through all the good and bad, you're, you're my one. You're going to be the one. Um, yeah. And I think that that's, that's my answer to that. How someone knows that they're the one. And, and that right there, sir, is one of the main reasons why Cliff and I ended up together. Because we chose to walk this walk together. We chose to see what this was going to be and make a choice based off of that. Choice is so important. Um, I made the mistake in previous relationships of believing that love was all it took. And believing that if I could just love a man so good and so hard and so, you know, thoroughly that that is what's going to, you know, make whatever's wrong right. It's like, nope, that is not, that's not what, what happens. Love is a choice. Uh, you choose to love or you choose to commit your life to someone. So uh, once again, thank you for bringing that up because that was, that's true as well. Um, yes, a lot. <laughs>
you know, I would, you brought up something, sis, that um, was brought up to me a while back. And um, when the conversation was brought up to me, I'm not going to lie, I got mad when the person said it. They said, is love really enough? And at that moment, I'm hearing it in the ears that I'm hearing it in as, you're saying that because I love you, it ain't enough. Like, even though I love you, it ain't enough. I'm getting mad at that moment. Like, hanging up the phone, like, P.O. But as I'm thinking about it now, and I finally had to call the person and apologize. I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry for the way that I took it because now that I look at it, I understand what you meant by love isn't always enough because it's not. Yeah. And, and I, it, I, I wanted to um, to reference uh, Tiffany's um, response. She said, my pastor always asks, do you like each other? Because when the romance stops, can you be with each other? So choice is important. Liking who you're married to is so important. I know a lot of married people that can't stand each other. I know a lot of people that are married on paper. They are legally married, been legally married since before I existed. But they cannot stand each other. And I always you know, strive to not have anything like that happen. So liking the person is just as important as loving them. Uh, love is an action where you show your, your love by how you treat someone. But not being able to like that person, like Cliff is my friend. He's not just my husband. He's not just the father of my child. He's my friend. I laugh with him. I joke with him. I tell him you know, some of the, the deepest things about myself, not just because he's my husband, but because he's my friend. And you have to be friends with the person that you're married to. The romance, you know, I mean, of course, with us being new parents, we don't have time to go out and, you know, gallivant the way we used to. I mean, we really didn't gallivant that much. But, but you know, we the times that we did go out, we don't have a lot of time to do that anymore. So, do we stop loving each other because we can't go out on dates? Do we stop loving each other because we can't, you know, do a lot of the things that we wanted to do or that we plan to do? No. We we love each other and we like each other. Cliff, do you like me? Of course. Oh, I'm sorry. I knew that, but I just wanted to hear it. <laughs> he, he liked me. He liked me. <laughs> but yes, that's very important. And of course, me being goofy, I, I had to be able to be like that with somebody. And who you are at your core, if you can't let that out with the person that you're married to, it is a terrible place to be. So, yes, liking somebody is very important. I think a lot of people often confuse infatuation with love. And then once that infatuation is gone, they feel like the love is gone or the like is gone. But they don't realize, like, once that, like you say, y'all don't have time to go out and do all the fun things um, anymore, but that's actually an opportunity to love each other even deeper because, you know, now all the butterflies may not be there anymore. 
You know, I may not get as giddy as I used to. And that happens in relationships. Uh, but people often look at that and says, okay, something's wrong. Instead of looking at that, at like, this is an opportunity for us to love each other through these hard times or through this difficulty, this this um, adversity that we're going through. Um, it's like, a to me, that's a deeper love than, than, than when you first meet each other. Because now you know me, you know my flaws, you know, uh, you know, all my sins, you know, all the, the deep, dark secrets about me. And you're, st and you're still with me. You're still sticking it out with me. Um, that's that's to me, that's real love. The other stuff that uh, people often confuse, the butterflies and, the you know, the giddiness, that's infatuation. But a lot of people, once that fades away, they think that the, the love is gone. What do you do when the butterflies turn into pigeons? <laughs> what do you do? It's not cute anymore. And you can always rekindle that that excitement, that infatuation, that that lust flame, that can always be rekindled later. Mm -hmm. um, my dad's parents, my grandparents up in Maryland, while they were still alive, they still attended new couples um, ministry together. And they were married for, good Lord, 65, 66 years before mm -hmm. my granddad passed away. And he always, he always said, we go to the new couples ministry not to share what we know, but to also learn because it's always something that you can learn about one another. So even yeah. though we're married, that doesn't mean we stop dating right. and learning and growing. We didn't court and date that long. So the dating, it never stops. Yeah. That that infatuation can always be rekindled and it mm. grows stronger and stronger along with the love yeah. and along with the like. Yes. You can say you like you guys were talking about, you know, love and what it means and how it's different. You can say you love somebody all day, but you got to show it all yeah. day. Yeah. You got to be love. You got to give love and you got to receive the love, too. Yes. There's a lot of people who are out here doing for the other person all day and all night. Mm -hmm. And the other the spouse is just sitting there like, eh, OK, yeah. hey, you always do that, though. Yeah. Hey, I did this. I got that for you. Yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, that, that's what you're expected to do. No. Receive it and be appreciative of it and reciprocate it. Yes, appreciation is so yeah. important. Don't, don't 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 just take it, but appreciate it and reciprocate it. Show some love back. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how big or how little it is. A lot of times, it's the little things that matter the most because those little things, when they're not being done, do go noticed. Oh yeah. A lot of us, you know, take for granted the small things people are doing for us and the small things that we're doing for the other person. Yeah. And as soon as you stop doing it, it's like, well, hey, what's, what's wrong? Exactly. What did I do? Exactly. Or what am I not doing? Why did you stop doing this? Or what do we need to talk about? What, what needs to be done differently? No. It's, exactly. it's those little things that show you love them, too, no matter how small it is. Yes. And saying thank you, oh, God, it's underrated. Like, I'll ask Cliff to bring me something home from the store. And I'll tell him thank you in the text message. Like, oh, thank you. And he's like, you're welcome. And then when he comes home, I tell him thank you again because it's like, I understand that you don't have to do this. You don't have to care whether I've eaten or not. You know, sometimes he comes right in from work and takes Alonzo so that I can go eat, so that I can go pump milk, so that I can go just have a few minutes to myself. And it's important to be appreciative and to say thank you. And not only say thank you, but show your appreciation for your spouse to other people. I brag on my husband all the time. Not because he wants me to or has begged me to. No, I do it because 
I want to let mm. people know that mm. I appreciate my husband. My, my rule is I don't ever want anybody to brag on my husband more than I do. I don't ever want him to feel appreciated by anybody else more than he feels appreciated by me because he gives most of his time, love and effort to me. So yeah, that all of that is important. I like that. I like that. And another way, another thing that that does is by you showing him that appreciation and showing him how much you love him and how much you do appreciate him. When others do it, it really doesn't affect him as much because he's like, I'm already getting that at home. On the other hand, where if he wasn't getting that at home, he might be a little phased by oh, wow, she's actually telling me thank you, something that my wife doesn't do. So Exactly, exactly. I don't want nobody pulling up on him in public. So I'm like, oh, Cliff, you're so handsome. Like, yeah, my wife tells me every day that I'm handsome. Thank you for noticing. But my wife at home is, is you know, she's doing, you know, effort. Effort is so important. That's a part of love. Effort, appreciation, all those things encompass what love is. You know, love is so much deeper than roses and champagne and, you know, all the things that we, like it being said, equates to the romance side of it. It's more than that. I agree. I agree. And last question before we go into our announcement for tonight. Do you think a timetable should be set for marriage? So let's say you've had the conversation, uh, both of you have said, Okay, we want to get married. We, this is definitely something that we want to do. Should there be a timetable that is set? Like, okay, by this time we're gonna start the process of being married. How do y'all feel about that? Ab, you want to answer that first? Um, I would say yes. If the conversation has already been had, uh, I'm assuming that a proposal has already happened if we're, if we're talking about has a proposal already happened um definitely and that could go for the proposal has already happened or we could go with the proposal hasn't happened yet but you're talking about okay by this time i want to be in we want to be engaged yeah. this is our timetable to be engaged this is our timetable to be married all yeah. about i think with anything in life and including marriage, I think if you have a destiny, uh, you have a place that you're trying to get to, it's important to set um, steps in a time that you want to get there. Now, even though I believe that this need to be a, uh, should be a timetable, but I also think you should leave rooms for some flexibility as well, because things happen along the way. But um, I, I don't think it's, healthy or good just to leave it open and say hey we're gonna get there one day we need that we, we should have something where we're working towards if we need to get certain things in order okay let's get these things in order by this time so we'll be ready for marriage so you know but like i said there should still be some flexibility where you know we can either move it up or we, we can push it back if we need to it's if something something occurs um in our life but um, I don't think anything is wrong with if you guys have a conversation and if you're all in alignment and you all both agree that we are going to marry each other, 
why not set a, a timetable on when we're going to get this done? Uh, yeah, uh, I think I once heard a goal without a date is really just a fantasy. So you 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 gotta you gotta set some type of timetable if you said you want to achieve something or get to a certain destination. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. As long as both of you can agree on the date, then yeah, it needs to be it needs to be set, and it needs to be a realistic timetable too. Mm-hmm. It can't be, oh, we've had a conversation about marriage. We both want to get married. You know what? I want to marry you. You want to marry me. Let's get married tomorrow. <laughs> you know, unless we go to the courthouse and get hitched. No, let's let's make it realistic. Let's give us some time to to plan and prep and to let key people know. Right. But yeah, you're right. It can't be left up to chance though. It can't be something that, oh yeah, we're gonna get married. Well, when are we getting married? Soon, eventually. No, mm-hmm. not even plan. Right. Eventually. It, yeah. Eventually, and not knowing when you're getting married at this point. So if you're serious about it. You need to go ahead and set that date and get it done. Yeah. Now, some people, for their own reasons, you know, they wait a year, two years, because maybe they have the idea of this lavish wedding they want to do. Maybe they're waiting for certain people to be available for it. That's yeah. all well and good. With Persephone and I, we didn't have that same issue of, well, I got to wait for this uncle and this aunt, or we got to go do it out of state or do it here or there. Yeah, We had a COVID wedding. <laughs> we did, and so it ended up being at my parents' house out in the country. Yes, and it, was, it ended up being a beautiful wedding. Yes. We had plans to get married in Orlando by a lake, yes. but we would have only been able to invite what five people? Ten. It would ten, ten people, people including us and the officiant. So plus all the money they wanted for that. Yeah. So it, it's got to be something realistic because as soon as they started counting up costs, I just yeah. kind of looked at the wedding plan of the lady who was talking to about the venue. Yeah, and I was just. I turned my brain off at that point. I was yeah. like, well, this ain't happening. Yeah. And, and I, was, yeah. I was trying to figure out in my, way, my mind, thinking, how am I going to tell her? No. Yeah. But, but we both yeah. agreed that that's not going to work for us. Yeah. And that, that ended up being a ministry assignment that day anyway, the way the Lord moved at that location. But um, with, with Cliff and I, it was, everything just flowed. And, not, and when I say everything just flowed, I don't mean that we just let stuff happen. <laughs> What I mean is, I think it was around January you asked me. Okay, so when when would you want to get married? Now, mind you, we met in November. We saw each other for the first time in person in December. We we met. Well, he he met um, key people in my life in December. I met key people in his life early January. So around mid January, because yeah, because that's after I met mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked me, "When would you want to get married?" And I started looking at the dates. And I, I came across May 21st. And I was like, oh, 5 That's interesting. And I just, I asked him, I said, well, how do you feel? Because it was a Friday. And I said, well, how do you feel about May 21st? And I said, and, and I asked him, is that too soon? And he said, no, that's not too soon. He's like, why 5 He said, is it because of Ephesians 5 and 21? And I was like... <laughs> Let me go look. Let me look, look. So I pulled up the Bible app and I was like, Ephesians 5 21, that's part of the scripture where Paul is starting to talk about how husbands and wives are just supposed to treat each other. God chose our wedding date. Now, mind you, we both would have wanted to get married in 2021. 
but God literally chose our wedding date because when I saw 5-21-21, it wasn't just because of the, the repeat in the dates. It just felt right. And, you know, traditionally people get married on Saturdays, especially here in the U.S. And it didn't throw me off that it was a Friday. So when I asked Cliff about it and he brought up Ephesians 5-21, I was like, that's it. That's the date. That's the date. So it, it seemed quick to some people, but we had already decided way before the year even began that we wanted to be together. So it, it is couple by couple, case by case basis, but definitely once you decide, okay, we're doing this, there needs to be planning that's taking place. Okay, are we having a small wedding? Like you said, there are certain things people are waiting on if they're having a more lavish wedding. That's fine. Don't just be sitting doing nothing. If you're, you know, spending time, spend time doing something, planning towards the wedding, having premarital counseling, which I highly, highly recommend, going to therapy yourself if you need to, doing all the things to prepare for marriage while you're waiting for that, that time. So, yeah, there definitely has to be some plan there. And then, too, Bishop Bird actually suggest that we get married sooner than later. Yes. Since we had both or we had already completed our counseling and we both knew we wanted to get married. Because originally I was thinking, well let's do a wedding in fall. Yeah. Come here in Florida. It's gonna be hot. Let's do it in the fall when it's more comfortable. Right. But Bishop Bird suggested well since there's a need for kingdom based marriages in couples right now. Yeah. You shouldn't put it off so people can have a chance to get in your ear. Right. So under his guidance and suggestion and then 521 came to perception. Mm -hmm. We ended up getting it done sooner than later. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the point about Bishop Bird hey, because hey, hey, hey. what happened, and see, this is, ladies, come here, let me talk to you real quick. The, the wisdom in knowing when to release information and when not to, let me tell you what happened. So Cliff met Bishop Bird and, and, and Prophet Taj, met them, and they're my spiritual parents, by the way, met them on Christmas Day, right? Early January, this was before I met mom and dad. He called me one day and he said, I need to talk to you about something and don't don't think that I'm trying to tell you what to do or anything. He said, but because he actually told us this when we were at their house on Christmas Day. He said, whatever y'all are going to do, do it. Whatever y'all plan on doing, go ahead and start making the preparation. I mean, literally, this is their first time. And so the same thing happened with with me and, and Cliff uh, on both sides with, you know, his his dad saying, okay, if you go ahead and marry her, we're, we're all for it. And then Bishop and Prophet were like, yes, yes, go, yeah, go ahead and start making the plans. So, you know, having people in your life that know you, not only who you are, but who God called you to be, in all of who God called you to be, having those people in your life that can confirm, yes, this is the person that's going to help get you to that point. This is the person that you need to partner with in destiny. That's very crucial to the decision-making and the timing of everything. Um Anybody that's going to tell you it takes two, three, four, five years before you to know and you got to live with the person and shack up with them and all that, it doesn't take all that. Cliff and I 
did not we we did things the traditional way we didn't sleep together or live together until we got married and i knew everything that i needed to know about him to know that i wanted to pursue a life with him and he knew everything about me to know that he needed that, that i he wanted to pursue a life with me so it doesn't take you stepping outside of god's mandate in order for you to know who is your destiny partner because there are a lot of people that will try to mix in what the world does with what God has already told us needs to be done. And it doesn't work. Now, it may look like it where It may work on paper. These people may still be married for all these years. But what fruit is coming out of the marriage? I don't believe a good marriage is just good because it's a long marriage. A marriage is good when it's fruitful. A marriage is good when it's beneficial to the kingdom. A marriage is good when... Um, people are growing and changing and becoming more of who they're supposed to be because of who they're married to. That's, that's the key there. I love that. I love that. I love that. I don't know about anybody else, but this definitely helped me tonight. It definitely helped me in so many ways. This topic helped me tonight. We thank our guests for coming on and uh, rocking with us tonight. I thank my sister for coming in and being my co-host tonight. I appreciate you, sis. And um, you all get ready. We got some great things on the horizons with uh, We'll Talk Monday and with Weapon JC3 Ministries. Some great things are coming. And uh, we are excited about everything that God is doing. First off, before I get to the real big, big announcement, and I let my guests, I'm going to let my guests introduce themselves again and tell you what you can find them at on social media. And then I'm going to say some uh, announcements with you all. Whoever wants to go first. Baby. Yeah. Well, let me thank you again for having me tonight. Uh, it was a great conversation. Um, I definitely learned the night, learned a lot. Um, a lot of gems was dropped tonight. So I appreciate you just inviting me on to be a part of the panel, a part of the discussion. Uh, my name is A.B. Bracewell. You can find me on Instagram at Ready for Relationship Consulting um, or on Facebook under A.B. Bracewell. Um, I've also just recently released a new book entitled The Sexual Miseducation of Black Men in America. Um, and that can be found on my website, Ready for Relationships, or on Amazon. So once again, thanks for having me. Great conversation. I will definitely be putting the link for that book in the comment section so that everyone can go get it. Amen. All right, Pastor Greer. All right. Well, as I, I mean, the, tonight was just tonight was great. I always enjoy being able to, you know, have godly conversation, human conversation with you all. And um, thank you, AB, for joining us. Um, definitely, definitely is is a gem every time you come here, and and just bless us whether it's on Real Talk Monday or the Godly View, wherever you pop up with us, it, it's a good time. And thank you to my husband. And my school for joining us. Um, it, it's it's great doing ministry with the person that you're married to. It, it it's a whole nother level of deepness that goes into it, 
and I just I, I appreciate doing life and ministry with you and I appreciate you Alonzo for just being Boy. you being adorable um, I can be found on Instagram at Proverbs underscore Seth I can be found on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Seth 86 that's S-E-F 86 and uh, my, my YouTube channel is under Persephone Somia and what else I got going on um there's the podcast. Thank you, baby. <laughs> the Simply mm-hmm. Stuff podcast has new episodes every Friday. Try, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the new mommy thing is still. I'm still getting getting my sea legs together, but that's definitely been more consistent since the birth of our son. And the sheer truth is still going. It's just that we're on a bit of a hiatus right now until I can kind of figure some more things out. But I'm always posting reels and shorts and in different videos about different things. So. You know, check me out. And if you have prayer requests, you have anything you want to ask, anything, you know, just anything you want to say, please feel free to send me a message on Facebook and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Love y'all. Yes, yes, yes. So y'all continue to support them and rock with them. I will be putting all the links for everything that they said in our comment section on tonight. And uh, I guess I'll start it off with... um, some couple of brief announcements real quick uh, before I get to the big one I'll announce is the June the 10th uh, Reverend JC3 Ministries is combining with our brothers Levis and the Levites as they do their new single release for an evening of gospel music volume 5 that will be in Cape City, Kentucky so we are excited about that we have a fire lineup with that we are excited, and also, if you are wanting to be a sponsor for that evening's program, you can do it via Cash App under Web JAC3 Ministry. The cost of that is only $25, and what that does is you will be able to be shouted out and be able to advertise your business that way. We want to shout out Miss Kalisa Wiggins for that fire flyer that she did. She did an amazing job on the flyer for our advertisement, as well as Miss Sina Graves for the flyer for the program. We are excited about that. And now for the big announcement that I told y'all that y'all got to stay tuned to the end for. So we're going to go on and announce that now. Because of you all rocking with us and because of you all's support that you all have given us this year, Daisy, myself, and Tevis are now nominated for a Music Love Award. The voting for that starts on May the 15th through July 31st. So as soon as that voting starts, ladies and gentlemen, I need y'all to go over there to the Music Love Awards and vote for Real Talk Monday as the podcast of the year. So we want to shout you out for that, you all, and thank y'all for rocking with us. And uh, we are excited. Uh, God is doing some great things with the show. And uh, we are excited about where God has taken us. It's been amazing. Um, I told somebody a while back, Throughout the two years of this show, I have dealt with changes in the lineups as far as co-hosts. 
And right now, I can honestly say that the group of co-hosts that I have right now, but it was God ordained for them to be my co-host at this time. And we appreciate them for all their hard work that they do. And you all tune in next Monday. We have another great conversation for you all. Tevis and I will be back on next Monday and we will be discussing what do you do when your child says, I did not ask to be here. So you all definitely tune in on that. Uh, We have a fire panel on that discussion as well. So get ready for that. And um, I will see you all very soon. I'm going to try to do PRL on Thursday. I'm not making no promises to you all, but uh, we're going to try to get back on track as far as doing that. If not, the podcast will drop tonight. Since we normally drop it at midnight, we'll drop it tonight. And um, God bless y'all. I will see y'all on the next episode. Love you all. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Real Talk Monday podcast. Now it's time to hear from the purpose pusher, Andrea Purry, with your weekly words of affirmation. Okay. So let's do this one. Affirmations. I am marching into success. I am marching into more than enough. I am marching into my miracles. I expect and I anticipate greater. I receive greater. I have favor. I am favored and favor follows me, goes before me and surrounds me. This is your month of March affirmations. Have a blessed day.